You sound excited. This one makes me angry. Hello and welcome to Doc to Me. I'm Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are covering I Love You, Now Die, The Commonwealth versus Michelle Carter. Not a fun one. No, but I did watch it twice because it's crazy and you like miss stuff. So you yeah. like have to watch it again. And also, I kept telling my husband that it was P.S. I Love You, Now Die, which is like a mixture of like P.S. I Love You or whatever. And then like <laughs> this, which is like not the same thing. <laughs> so even when I went to search the, the documentary to watch it that very first time, I was like, P.S. I Love You. And then I was like, <laughs> wrong movie. <laughs> So don't make the same mistake that I did. <laughs> so this one was directed and produced by Aaron Lee Carr and had its world premiere at South by Southwest on March 9th, 2019. It aired in two parts on July 9th and 10th on HBO. Aaron Lee Carr also directed Mommy Dead and Dearest, which we covered in episode four. And this documentary is kind of chaotic. Yes, it's, it's a lot, a lot to unpack. I try to cover these as they're presented, which can make me found, sound fucking hectic. This happened, and then this happened, and then we go back two years before this. Just warning you, I'm not having a manic episode. This is just how it's It really presented. is, yes. It's just all over the place. We start off immediately having to read, so if you were making a snack while it was getting started, you'd miss this shit. Yeah, it was I, definitely, like, one of those that, like, I couldn't watch in the background. Yeah, because there's a lot of reading. Yeah, like, I watched it twice because it was, like, I felt like I missed things the first go-through. Uh, Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy fell in love in 2012. They lived an hour away from each other and met no more than five times, but they exchanged thousands of text messages over two years. This is their story. Which also, like, I know that, like, you and I are both from that, like, you know, time period where, like, entire relationships could happen over the internet or whatever. But the fact that they, like, only met, like, five times and they were, like, so committed to each other, like, as boyfriend and girlfriend has me just thinking, like, I just think a bunch weird. of children. They're not that far away from each other. Yeah, it's mean, an hour apart. Like if that, I and, think it's like forty five minutes. And they're and old enough to drive. They're old enough to drive. Yes. That is what makes me think that like their entire relationship wasn't like an You're getting it, ahead of yourself. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. July twelfth, twenty fourteen in Mattapoisett, Massachusetts. Mattapoisett? What a fucking mouthful. I love Massachusetts though. <laughs> and a lot of this story is reading text messages. <laughs> Conrad, I love you so much. Michelle, I love you forever. Like, shut the fuck Such up. Such a bunch of fucking, like, dumbass teenagers. And then it just goes dark. Conrad, I'm in the worst pain right now. Like, it's unbearable. Michelle, I think it's time to do it now, then. It's okay to be scared, and it's normal. I mean, you're about to die. Which is so fucking fuck? dark. <laughs> and I'm going to start this off by saying, like, I am 1,000% fully supportive of, like, assisted suicide oh yeah but only in certain cases like if you are 
Terminal. Terminal. <laughs> then absolutely, I feel that like assisted suicide or like euthanasia is like 1000% like that person's choice. But this was not one of those situations. No. Like, fuck that. No. Oh, it makes me so mad. <laughs> and then we get into news reports three years later announcing Michelle Carter is on trial for manslaughter because of texts she sent to Conrad encouraging him to commit suicide. So we learn really quickly what this doc is going to be about. And boy, is it. <laughs> July 13, 2014, Fairhaven, Massachusetts, a missing person alert for 18-year-old Conrad Roy is declared, which seems odd. Like, you would think an alert for a missing 18-year-old boy would just be ignored. Yeah. Or the like, fact that they even have an alert for... Did you wait 24 hours, ma'am? Are you sure he didn't just run away? Oh, he's white? Yeah, we'll put the alert out now. <laughs> Like, it I mean, wasn't that long ago that trying to report a missing eight-year-old boy would have been like, eh, he'll be back. Yeah. Did you give it a couple hours? Did you call his friends? Did you go outside, put your hand up above your eyes and look, left to right? Did you call his name and holler? Comrade! <laughs> I don't know why we're doing that accent. Like, <laughs> this is Massachusetts. <laughs> it's not Georgia. It's Massachusetts. <laughs> we just always just go straight to that accent. We're real Southern. <laughs> Uh, he was also in possession of his black truck, so he could be anywhere. Listening to the accent, but it was his grandfather's too, right? I don't recall. The, I th- I thought they said the police report like that it was no, his it was grandfather's. Registered oh, his registered. Grandpa's. Okay, because yeah. I was like, man, I hope he didn't off himself in his grandpa's truck. Like, there could be worse places. But... There could be, but still, come on, man. Uh, don't worry, I can't do a Boston accent, so you're not going to be hearing it. But if we do a film that's like in Minnesota or Wisconsin, like. So my dad is from Massachusetts and like all <laughs> oh my of my, God. my dad's side of the family is from there. And so like, I just remember at one point we were talking about moving there when I was a child and my dad was just like, if you say y'all, they are going to mock you <laughs> so hard. And then I have a friend from like New York and he's like, you got, or use guys or whatever. Use guys. Use guys. And I'm like. Why don't you just say y'all? Like, I don't think I've ever said y'all. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like real. Like I, I have like. We grew up two blocks apart. I don't know what you're about to say. But... No, because like so my my mom's side of the family is like real hillbilly, like Southern. And then like my dad's side of the family were like Yankees. And so I've got like the weirdest like mix of like fucking like. I don't know where I'm going with this. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like my sister-in-law who's like, I feel like I'm like living in like the middle of the Pacific because it's like, she's like a mix of like all the different places she's lived. And it's like, I've never lived anywhere other than Texas, but I got a lot of influence, man. I was in Illinois for a little bit, but came back. Didn't pick up an accent. (sighs) Wish I had an accent from anywhere other than here i want a minnesota accent those are the best accents it would be amazing sit back have a little pop don't you know (laughs) it's not drop dead gorgeous the airport hold joel (laughs) (laughs) so the god damn it anyway we've been drinking the cops find the truck in a kmart pocket parking lot god damn that is that boston accent yeah look at you kmart parking parking lot lot with conrad in the driver's seat didn't know kmart was even around anymore 
I mean, we haven't had one here in like 20 years. But... I know. And I see like people be like, oh, I got this little, like really cool thing from Kmart. And I'm like, where the, the blue fuck is special? I'm like, where the fuck is Kmart? Oh, I... Last time I remember was that one in Carrollton. Yeah. And I was like a fucking kid. <laughs> it was right get... next to the Taco Bueno. <laughs> yes. We're getting an H-E-B though. Yeah. We're yeah. getting there. Yeah. Um, boop, boop, boop. Kmart parking Roll lot professional. Uh, he left behind a journal filled with notes for his family and provided passwords to his laptop and phone, which will be very important later. Also, very considerate. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking, like, if I ever killed myself, because, like, let's be real, I was a teenager once, and I did, you know, contemplate often myself once or twice, and I've written notes. And I never would have, like, given any information no. towards, like, my private information. Like, fuck that. Like, even now, I'm 34 years old, and, like, I would not, like, if I died, I hope who, if I die, please <laughs> throw my phone in the ocean. <laughs> I do not want my so Google now I search. drive all the way down south to the ocean. Yes. Why are you giving me this? You can drump it in a garbage disposal. I can drump it? You can drump it. <laughs> I have been drinking. I am drunk. Trumpet. You can do whatever you want. Put it in a bucket want. of water. Yes, put it in a bucket. I do not want my shit getting out there. Like, I am serious. If you find my journals, if you find my phone, <laughs> any of that shit after I am dead, please do not read it. I do not need all of my, like... It's Twilight fanfiction, isn't it? You've been working on. <laughs> I have been working on Twilight fanfiction. And also all of my, like, Google searches where I'm trying to figure out how to spell a word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember a case and you're like, who is this girl yeah. with this? And Someone like... murdered. And, <laughs> like, there have been so many searches like that. I'll never forget when, like, after I had my youngest... I was Google searching like diarrhea after like <laughs> a diet of only Twizzlers. <laughs> yeah, I think that's gonna happen. And my, and my husband saw like the, the search or whatever, and he was like, "Oh, oh yeah, we may just have like a stomach bug." <laughs> and I was like, "Son of a bitch, <laughs> that's private." <laughs> oh my god. So I also wonder why the cops decided to keep the phone. Like, you come upon a suicide and there's goodbye notes, so there's not really much of a question as to what happened. Yeah, they even said it was weird themselves that, like, they so, looked yeah, into any of they, this. They felt they should just keep the phone, charge it, because I said it was dead, and then go through the messages. Yeah, it was, it was a little weird because it seemed like a run-of-the-mill suicide. But then they were like, why would this normal, like... 18-year-old boy who has everything going for him. Like, why would he kill himself? And it's like, so well, first of all, not that's a lot like of crime a... in this town that they're like... Well, I mean, it's like man of poison. <laughs> man of poison. Um, looking through his phone, they find a thread with Michelle Carter that's open, and it's pretty obvious what happened. It was fun. Yeah. I'd be like... I mean, they, they themselves I, are yeah, like, I got what the fuck? Michelle, are you going to do it now? Conrad, I just don't know how to leave them, you know? Michelle... Say you're going to the store or something. You're overthinking. A suicide. You're overthinking a suicide. Okay, but was I the only one who thought that, like, when he says, I just don't know how to leave them, that he meant more than just, like, leaving them to go do it, but that he meant, like, I don't know how to leave them as in, like, dying? I think it was more, I don't know how to, like, sneak out of the house without it being obvious. I was reading um, too much in it. <laughs> Conrad, I know I'm overthinking. I've been overthinking for a while now. Michelle. I know. You just have to do it like you said. 
not stopping him. Like, it's it just insane. makes me so angry. It makes me so angry. So they quickly realize they should probably get into contact with the DA's office because the messages from her just get more and more aggressive. It's fucking sick. I have a history of suicide attempts and self-harm. And when you're going through that shit and those thoughts, you don't tell anyone because you don't want them to stop you. And for him to, like, tell somebody and she's okay with this. Exactly. And that's my whole, like, mindset is, like, when I was in, like, these dark periods of time, like, I would write out my notes or whatever. But I wasn't telling people because, like, first of all, like, when you're telling people, it's kind of like a whole, like, you want them to stop you. You want them to give you a reason to stay. And she literally, like, I love you so much. I love you forever. But, like, yeah, go ahead and fucking kill yourself. Like, just what the fuck? Like, I, even if it was someone I didn't know and care about, I would still be like, you know, like, shit gets better. Like, there are things that you're going to have to look forward to. Like, you basically just have to live one day at a time and find something that, like, you're living you for yes. yeah you find a reason and like now my kids are my reason mine and was literally i read a statistic where kids of people who kill themselves have a higher chance of suicide that's literally all it took for me and i was like well i can't do that because i don't want them to do that dude i like every day Just one simple thing is all you need every day i have to make a conscious decision yes. that like my life is worth moving forward with and like maybe I'm not gonna like be some amazing person but like fuck you just have to like find something and like the idea that like she loves him so much but she can't give him a single reason to keep going yeah like all she had to do was just tell one person seriously seriously um yeah this episode's gonna be dark let's go back to Stevie we had fun with that nobody listened but we had fun with that one (laughs) Um, ah, good old Stevie. Yeah, this bitch is gross. So now they have to find out who this crazy bitch is. They travel to Retham, Massachusetts to interview her at her high school. Because she is a high school student. And they play the recording of the interview, which is her only on-record statement about the case. So it's incredibly important for them. I like how she's like, you need to take my phone. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the worst thing you could tell. A teenage girl and the recording starts at 5 51 p.m on october 2nd which means it's almost six o'clock and she's still stuck at school yeah i was worried about that like what's going on here i was like that's a little bit of justice to inconvenience her <laughs> uh, also i've got some questions we started off in july and now it's october it took a long time to get what that happened warrant during those months like when did they even look at the phone? Like, that was my question of how long had time passed before they even looked at this phone? It's probably a while. <laughs> because they thought it was just a cut and dry suicide. Like, I it's mean. It's like, what kind of investigation happened to get to this point? It seemed like quite a gap for something so obvious. It kind of makes me think of, like, only murders in the building when she's like, we didn't send the phone to. Yeah, just something so simple. Yeah. She's like, we didn't send the phone in to be looked at, so here it is. (laughs) So they ask her if she had contact with them that day, and she's like, I think so. Like, how do you not remember listening to your boyfriend die? Like, girl, you have to know why they're here after all this time. (laughs) Like, they know already. 
So she admits that she knew he had been planning and had talked to him over the phone the night before. She said the phone hung up and she didn't know what to do because she was just so scared for him. And then the cop does some smooth shit, asks her if she has her phone and just if she could put input her password. And once she does that, he lets her know they have a search warrant and he's going to take it. I liked that. Or and just now like... he knows the pin to get into the phone. It's just, yeah. A typical teenager is shocked and asks she's if really she's going to get it back. And he was like, yeah, eventually. <laughs> like, he got you there. So now the state police are in possession and extract the contents of her phone. The download of her phone was 60,000 items. Like, Honestly. Paperwork involved. Honestly, I feel like that would be like my phone. <laughs> <laughs> They take their share home for the night and each read about a thousand messages, which, man, that's got to be. Also, it was like a teenager's text Yeah, I was about to say, like, to be like, you know, some 34-year-old man and you're like having to read through like some. Ha ha ha. LOL. (laughs) Yeah. God. Because it was a lot of ha ha ha. Do you love me? LOL. (laughs) Uh, They come in the next morning and are in agreement that if it wasn't for her, he wouldn't be dead. And on February 5th, 2015, a grand jury indicted her for involuntary manslaughter. She is booked and released on bail the next day. I remember when this came out in the news and it was bonkers. Yes! It was like everywhere. People, like, it was like the biggest fucking news story. It was just slowly more and more information. And then the text messages came out, and I remember reading those. And Yeah, it was insane. It like, was this idea chilling. that, like, oh man, and her attorney. <laughs> man needs Who to, always looks so confused. That man needs to rethink his life. Yeah, just sitting at work and reading over them on my lunch break, just absolutely sucked in his aunt is interviewed saying it's just not something that happens in your family i'm like that's not something that happens to anybody's family yeah like Like, what the fuck thing doesn't happen what's crazy is that like if this was like a bullying situation like if she was his bully and she was like pushing him like that would be like okay that happens pretty frequently but like his fucking girlfriend the girl that he supposedly loves she loves him like they are committed to each other she's like fucking talking about all this crazy shit and she's pushing him to kill mm-hmm. himself? Like, it is so fucking out there. Like, I have seen situations where, like, someone's like, you should fucking kill yourself because, like, they hate them. But, like, someone you love? Well, there was even at one point, like, she also suffered from depression. We'll get into that. And he's like, well, we should do, like, Romeo and Juliet. And she's like, okay. And he's like, do you not remember what happens? And she goes, oh, We're yeah. not going to fucking die. We're not die. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, just oh, like... you're fine with him. Yeah, she's just, ugh. ugh. Um, so yeah, it's for a high school girl to be the one behind it. Fucking psycho. And then fucking Nancy Grace. I love her. Fancy Nancy to you, ma'am. I love when she looked at the picture of Michelle. Was like, She's like, what what's is that, that sour puss on her face? <laughs> yes. She's like, no, go back, go back. <laughs> I love Nancy. <laughs> that was the only moment where I was like, yeah, okay, Nancy Grace. She is just so sassy. What is that puss on her face? What is that puss on her face? It's just the way she talks. Like, <laughs> what is that puss on her face? That hair, man. When I die, can you make sure I have that hair? I'm going to give you a whole fucking bouffant. <laughs> like, we're going to get, like, 
Okay, I want the velour tracksuit. I want everything. Uh, June 13, 2014, one month before Conrad's death, we're seeing, I guess, his video diary. Which is interesting. Like, well, we had live journal and stuff. This is... Yeah. I like, don't remember how old we are. Live journal was like, at least like we weren't like on camera talking about yes. like... Cause that, I don't know. I just get like secondhand embarrassment from that shit. <laughs> He's talking out his problems, and obviously we have no idea just, like, what exactly he's going through or what's in his mind, but... I feel like he, he was optimistic. Like he's handling it all. Yeah, like, it, this whole video thing seemed very, like, he it was, was trying... coming to terms with his depression and accepting it. And trying to find ways to, like, move through it. Yeah. Like, he seemed optimistic. Like, psyching himself up to, like... Yeah. You know, his whole, like, I just need to make a conscious effort to, like, talk more yes. and, like, put myself out there. Like, here's what I need to do to get my gears going again and yeah. get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. He seemed like he was, you know, he had shit going for him. Like, he was yeah. like, okay, like, this is bad, but, like, this is what I need to do. Yeah. He was doing well enough that he got his captain's license, which I didn't know you could get, like, at 18. That seems... Yeah, and his grandfather and he was wanting to learn more about the family business which i think was like salvaging yeah boat salvaging water i don't know what you call it yeah so i've got an uncle that's like a lobsterman in massachusetts and that's like the extent of my boat knowledge my dad caught shrimp i think in alaska (laughs) that's all i know i think yeah i want to say he's like a salvager and i but i don't know like but his grandfather tearing up when he's like yeah. talking about like, you know, he's like, oh my, are you fucking kidding me? Like you got your boat, your captain's yeah. license, like already just like, oh, that was so sweet. So for someone who hasn't dealt with depression, which I can't imagine, there's like different levels to it. You can have a day where you just don't feel like doing anything except just plopping in front of the TV all day. And then you have days where the depression is so bad. You're just like in physical pain. You yeah. You just can't see any hope of escaping. It's. It's not just depression. There's levels. Well, and not to mention, like, those people that are like, why don't you just snap out of it? Like, okay, sure. I'm just going to, (laughs) like, clip my fingers and, like, snap out of it. Somehow snap out of these 20 years of bipolar disorder. It's just going to go away. Why didn't I think of that sooner? This is like your brain being wired. (laughs) Like, you can't just, like, you know, clap your hands and, like, bam, I'm this, like, normal fucking functioning person. Like, it's not that easy. And if it were, then nobody would fucking be depressed. I mean, my husband and I have been together 10 years, and he'll be like, what's wrong? And he still, in his head, is like, oh, why am I even asking? Like, you don't know. <laughs> no. Like, yeah, I have no idea. Just... No. Well, in my is like, you just have to make a conscious effort to, like, work through it and, like, be beyond that blah blah blah. and i'm like okay like i'll just like (laughs) make an effort to be happy like because it's that fucking simple why did i think of it yeah like decades ago yeah 20 years of like crying for no reason and all i had to do was just be like oh i can be normal like (laughs) if i could and like conrad even said himself like he felt like he was like his brain was different and that's the case like it's not like a simple like you could just like will yourself to be better it's like a cancer you can't just like say okay i'm not gonna have cancer anymore you fucking like you have to have 
the certain medication and even or then, it's something. It's a toss of a coin if you're going to have a good day or a bad day. Exactly. It's it's the wiring of your brain, and you literally cannot fix that on your own no. just by wanting it. If you could, it wouldn't be a fucking huge <laughs> issue. Like, oh, it just like I'm like for fuck's sake. <laughs> deep breath i'm not arguing with you <laughs> you're yelling at me i know so they <laughs> they i guess they met in florida at a country club yeah it was some kind of like they were yada yada yeah it was like they were at what is it their grandparents and they were also at their grandparents Somebody's or something introduced it's insane to meet another state and end up only living like 45 minutes away from each other like what are the chances yeah but then also still like never really oh here we go uh conrad's aunt introduced the two to each other and then they went on a bike ride to a beach which is apparently where she fell in love with him ha 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 (laughs) because that's one of the shitty things about reading teenage text messages ha 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 ha, lol ha ha everything's fucking funny Oh my god. So her lawyers want this indictment to be thrown out because she didn't do anything criminal. Yeah, she totally told this guy to kill himself, but how is that on her? Uh, That's like telling someone to go rob a bank and giving them all the info on how to do it and then saying they shouldn't be on trial. But then if they do it, then it's not their fault. If that was the case, why did Charles Manson go to prison for so long? Well, and that's like when they were he talking about, anybody. they were like, well, if someone solicits you to commit a murder and you commit that murder, like, isn't that a crime? And he's like, well, that's totally different. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> she told him to kill himself. He killed himself. How is that not a crime? So, uh, yeah, it's not like she just told him once. Oh, my God, you should totally kill yourself. This was many, many messages over and a she long was period of time. So fucking pushy if it had just been like a casual like yeah you know whatever go ahead and kill kill yourself or whatever but she was like negging him are you gonna do it are you gonna do it what is your plan when are you gonna do it and honestly i feel like some of those points where she was pushing it he was having an okay time he wasn't at a point where he wanted to kill himself like she really did i have to agree i don't think he would have done it if she hadn't been fucking antagonizing him like in voluntary manslaughter is absolutely what she should be charged with so i feel I like she like this girl. no i feel like she should have gotten more than she did and i fucking hate her attorney who's like she didn't commit a crime in the state of massachusetts it's like fuck you like yeah if this had been your child that she was like pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing like she was supposed to love him and mm-hmm. instead she's like go ahead and fucking kill yourself you're not going to be happy so just do it yeah, her lawyer is like, Massachusetts doesn't have any law in the book about talking someone into suicide, and these judges are deciding. And the one ju- judge is obviously annoyed that his time is even being wasted. His response to this is, but we do have an involuntary manslaughter statute which talks about wanton and reckless conduct resulting in the death, causing the death of someone. But yeah. Which is what, what you've did. done. Yeah. And the Supreme Judicial Court upholds the indictment. June 5th, 2017, in Taunton, Massachusetts, she goes on trial in juvenile court. Which, like, come on, man. 
She's not a 12-year-old yeah. who's, like, been bullying someone at school and, like, they've, like, you know, killed themselves. Like, she's a fucking adult, basically. Wasn't she 17 when it happened? Yeah, she was 17. That is a fucking adult. I think adult. it was, like, she was, like, a month or two before she turned 18. Like, it was very close. Yeah, like, I, I have a hard time when, like, people try children as adults when it's, like, you know, like, they're, like, 12 or 13 or whatever and they get tried as adults. Like... It's, it's like, kind of touch and go, but, like, when you're fucking 17, almost 18, you're at a point in your life where you need to be making decisions for yourself. You're going to mm-hmm. be going off to college. In fact, a lot of, like, 17-year-olds are, like, headed off towards college. Like, yeah. she is an adult. Yeah. And she should have been charged as an adult. Yeah. I think she was, but they still held it in juvenile court. It was, it was weird. Just the whole case feels like an injustice. Fun when you're white. Uh, I love the writer for Esquire, Jesse Barron, when he's talking about all the media people waiting outside the courthouse and going, is that her? I'm like, oh, you mean the chick with the giant forehead and angry looking (laughs) eyebrows? Yeah, she's hard to miss. And her eyebrows, I just so angry. It reminds me of like the (laughs) the one episode of um, Worst Roommate Ever when she's like, I have a hard time with people with like really thick eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) And she's asking the judge to determine her case, which is smart. I can't imagine regular people hearing this case and not sentencing her. Her attorney suggested she do it in front of the judge instead of a jury because the jury would have been like sympathetic towards him (laughs) yeah exactly and he's like the judge is gonna know that there isn't like they're not gonna base on emotions right they're gonna base it on emotions and they're gonna base it on the like laws and blah 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 and so he pushed her towards like going towards the judge instead of a jury because like He's right. If the jury heard all of this information, like, fucking fryer. Yeah. The first witness, the prosti- pros- God. prostitution. The prostitution. Prosecution calls is Conrad's mom. Fuck. Like, you're going hard right away on emotions. I felt so bad for her because, like, God, that that point when she's like, I told, I told him that, like, you know, if you're happy, I'm happy. Basically, like, I live for you and that whole yeah. thing. Because, like, I I actually cried at that point because, like, fuck. Like, my kids are my life. Like, if I lost my children, I would not be able to go on. Like, it just, oh, God, it kills me. <laughs> um, when she's asked to identify Michelle in the court, she takes a long pause. And I was waiting for her to go, I don't know, she's wearing a stupid face like michelle or yeah michelle just she looks like she wants to be anywhere else like yeah like and that's oh my god like you are literally like your boyfriend is fucking like, this is an dead. annoyance for her her to have whole to be there. facial expression all of her expressions i just wanted to fucking punch her i really did so who is michelle she's from a small town called plainville with the population of eight thousand. She's polite and, quote, someone who adults felt respected by. The fuck does that mean? (laughs) What adult is going to feel respected by any kid? She didn't feel backtalked or I don't know. No, she's a skinny white girl from a suburb of Boston filled with other white people. 
and she's just described as a sweet caring girl so clearly fucking psychopath because an hour after conrad's death She's texting his sister like, oh, do you know where your brother is? I can't get a hold of him. And she knew the whole goddamn time she knew. <laughs> I just want to fucking like, smack even, her in the face. Even the next day, she's asking if they found him and is there anything I can do to help? Like, I'll be here for you fuck? guys. And like, she is a fucking psychopath. Like, it's so horrendous. And then once he's found with no help from her, she asked if it's going to be a closed casket. Which, what the once, fuck? And once finding out he was cremated, asked for some of his ashes. If that wouldn't be too much to ask. Fucking gross. She disgusts me so much. Like, I'm fucking, like I said, she's a psychopath. She reminds me of, like, some kind of Dexter shit where she's trying to, like, fake emotions like she sees on TV or some shit. She's sick. They have a couple of girls from high school on the stand who talk about how she didn't really seem to have friends outside of school. This is embarrassing. Very needy. This is embarrassing. But also, I kind of like, I was like, oh God, was that me? (laughs) I don't want to be described as needy. I can be needy, but it's just like, it's not like to the extent that I would like fabricate things in my life. Yeah. But like, you know, I want to be like, hey. Do you want to hang out and that kind of stuff? But like, I, I like that was my one moment where I was like, oh my God, am I Michelle? <laughs> like, I wish they'd gotten to like why they didn't want a friendship out of school. Like, it might show more of what like her personality was like. It seemed like she was very like possessive and like weird. I don't know. Cause like, I'm weird and I'm like, needy in some situations but like at the same time I've gotten to a point where like now I'm in my 30s and I'm like I don't have fucking time for that and so therefore they probably don't have time for that either and I feel like she just like was at that point where like she just was desperate for friends and she would do anything for them um two days before his death Michelle is texting friends saying Conrad is missing and getting attention for almost like a dry run you get this much attention for a missing boyfriend. Imagine what you could get for a dead one. <laughs> the whole just, story like, just makes me feel icky. I just like, I was dying of like secondhand embarrassment. It was like, <laughs> it was like watching American Idol like auditions or whatever when like they were ta- like all these girls are getting on the stand and like talking about how they're like, and um, were you, would you consider her a friend outside of school? And they were all just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and reading over the text messages. I just, uh. it was seriously, like secondhand embarrassment. I was like, oh my God, this girl should probably kill herself. Yeah. And while she's texting to these girls, she's also texting Conrad. Yeah. She's like, my boyfriend's missing and, and I'm really worried about him. But and also helping I'm him plan talking. his suicide. She like, is fucking psychotic and i am gonna go on record now saying that like the psychologist or whatever the guy was that was like defending her that guy he is a fucking cocksucker and i hope that he's a miserable man by himself so once he's dead she can text them and ask to hang out to get her mind off things and how do you say no to somebody who just lost their boyfriend seriously they're not gonna say no to that shit and when they're like when the you know his attorney's like and would you normally do that and she's like no but you know like i felt bad because he was dead and she was sad yes. like, 
and she's posting all these updates on Facebook about how sad she is and blah 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 for attention. She's starting to sound like someone I know very well. My mother. <laughs> Um, and then she, oh, I, I gotta cut that out. <laughs> I don't know. Did she listen? Uh, probably not. Oh, but my own husband had to ask me earlier today what the name of my podcast is because <laughs> my husband's a dick. Because my husband's a dick. Podcast. We can keep that in. Because <laughs> he doesn't listen. <laughs> like an unsupportive asshole. <laughs> he lets you leave the house. You're getting a little greedy you better start giving me fucking money (laughs) (laughs) oh my god see this is what happens when we go two weeks without seeing each other i know it's been too long and we're all inebriated (laughs) that's yeah we're on that high watching love after After lockup and nightmare we still Uh, have another one to do oh my god if we had talked about if we had watched love is blind like we would have been like (laughs) even worse so then she puts on a charity event in conrad's otter to raise money for mental health awareness which sounds fine if she wasn't the cause of his death (laughs) and oh it's not even in his hometown it's hers which is so weird and like his friend didn't know how to organize it in a town she's not from it was an hour away. Like, it's not a fucking other country. So and his own has... friend is like, but it, like, none of his friends and family That's live the there. And it's... she has a way to message his friends and family and yet doesn't know how to organize it. When, and look, when she's like, you're not trying to take all the credit for this. Yeah, it makes like, no sense. What the fuck, bitch? Like, what's wrong with you? But my thing is, okay, so you know how to contact his family and friends. But you didn't bother to tell him he was suicidal? No, because that would take away all the fun. Yeah, she's horrible. Also, she wore fucking red pants to her trial where she's being charged with murder. <laughs> Who okayed that outfit? Everybody knows you wear blue for honesty. <laughs> you don't wear red. Also, you could stand to look fucking sad occasionally. God. She always, she always looked put out. Yeah, like she's just so bothered. Her fucking facial expressions. And then the talking heads go on about how women are evil and can talk men into doing witches trial and all this load of shit. I can't, I can't get any of these assholes to take out the trash. But we're real convincing. Yeah. God, she has a specific trait and just happens to be a girl. It has nothing to do with all women. Go fuck yourself. Seriously, like, and if it was a boy pushing a girl to suicide, we'd be feeling the same exact way. Not all men. Yeah. Uh, They also talk about how she had an eating disorder, which I can't relate to, and how she also suffered from depression. That I can't relate to. Oh, I can relate to both, but I also didn't try and get anyone to kill themselves when I had an eating disorder. See, I didn't want to ask you because I was worried you would say you try to get people to kill themselves. (laughs) I didn't want to make you look bad. It was like one of, I feel like it's actually like the second sign of an eating disorder is like you try and get someone to kill themselves. Like that's, it's like you don't want to eat or you're like I didn't remember seeing that on that Lifetime movie with the Pink Power Ranger. Who was bulimic? I didn't remember seeing her do that. So oh man, sure. that was a classic. Do you remember though. that one? I do. 
man. That was a good one. That was a good one. I feel like eating disorders was a very, like, 90s, early 2000s thing. Like, it's not really a thing now. I mean, it's a thing, but we don't talk about it anymore. (laughs) It's a thing. We just don't talk about it. Um, But reading the text she sends to her friends, I'm just not sure how severe her depression is because it's just all screaming for attention she is just so needy yeah she's just like fucking psycho deal with it um i love the friend olivia who texts teenagers suck and we're busy you're lucky if you leave high school with three good friends like which is accurate yeah she gets it it. is the truth and then fuck this lawyer who's like these girls abandon her at the trial and are painting a different picture of her this trial became more about michelle and less about conrad one it's about michelle michelle painted that picture herself through text messages and no one wanted to be her friend and hang out with her outside of school and two she's on fucking trial of course it's about her yeah conrad's not on trial this is about her it's your job to put the blame on conrad so after the prosecution rests defense files a motion for a finding of not guilty which is typical defense attorney shit that of course the judge denies they keep showing us some of the messages she and him sent to each other and the worst one i think by far is her asking him if he was going to do a last tweet and can it be about her (laughs) i died lock her up forever you out of your fucking mind i don't know though like that whole like um i want you to be my first like you're my first love and i want you to be my last or whatever that was the second episode we'll get to it okay but like that was the worst literally the second episode is covering the latter part of the trial (laughs) so the defense is claiming that conrad was abusive by putting all of his depression and suicidal thoughts onto her and that's a fucking relationship telling her that he wouldn't love her anymore if she told his mom so you don't want to lose your boyfriend by telling his mom about being suicidal but you're cool with him dying yeah like, I know teenagers are fucking stupid, but come on. They're not that stupid. They're also treating her like she's 13 when she's, like, literally just shy of 18. Like, we covered before. I think her birthday was, like, two months away or something. Yeah, like, she's a fucking grown-ass person. So, as far as common sense go, that's a pretty big difference. I gotta be real, though. Like, my 11-year-old has come to me and and been like, hey, I'm really worried about, like, so-and-so because, like, they were talking about, like, hurting themselves and blah, blah, blah. And I, like, went to the school psychiatrist or, like, counselor or whatever with that information. And, like, like, if you can do that fucking shit at 11, you can do that shit at 17. Like, um. Yeah, he has a history of suicide attempts, so of course he's going to eventually be successful. And it's not her fault, it's the antidepressants. Mm-hmm. She didn't know that helping him was a bad thing because involuntary intoxication for her medication. Like, that's fucking bullshit. And I like how that one psychiatrist is like, that's not even a diagnosis that well, we not ever only that, use. If that was the case, why didn't she tell anybody where he was? Or why did she pretend like he was missing when she was talking to her that whole time? Like, why did she try to throw the blame off herself by texting him and acting like he was still alive? Like, oh my god. They show texts from that day leading up to his death and even mention Conrad calling Michelle at 6.28pm and talking to her for 43 minutes. 
It's one thing to exchange text with somebody, but to actually listen to their voice and hear their pain. And they are dying. And still encourage them to go through with it. Like, I feel like I say it a lot, but fuck. This bitch. And then she calls him back, and they talk for an additional 47 minutes. So an hour and a half total. Uh, Who knows exactly what was said during that time? Like, I can't imagine. We do see the text, which probably sealed her fate Mm -hmm. she had texted her friend sam saying that conrad had gotten out of his truck at one point and she told him to get back in so i don't understand any defenders she has he was changing his mind and she told him to get back in and finish the job They talk a little more about their relationship, which is an odd one. I get that they're teenagers, but we at least know he has a truck, and yet they've only met in person a handful of times and live less than an hour away from each other. I've got the feeling that their whole relationship was, was just kind of like... just lived through text messages. Right. Well, like, it wasn't even like a real relationship. It was like one of those kind of like, oh, we're dating, but like, it was just kind of like an emotional one. Yeah. So the talking heads are trying to say maybe she has no problem with him dying because she didn't really comprehend that this was a real person behind those text messages. Oh, please. This is like in this generation. I kind of understand like not really having connection with somebody. In this generation, like everything being through text, like we have adapted and we understand that like even through text. Yeah, but teenagers are stupid. God, they're so stupid. (laughs) But again, when you're listening to their actual voice and still telling them to die, I I can't agree with that. No, no. And she's like been doing this over a sustained period of time. Like. Yeah. And then we get the awkward moment where she asks if he thinks they'll ever get married and he doesn't answer her and instead says something up. Which is also, like, but can we talk about the fact that, like, she's asking if, like, he thinks that they're going to get married. And, like, she's like, I know you're going to kill yourself. But, like, do you think you're going to get married? He still doesn't answer her. And he's like, is something (laughs) wrong with you? Yeah, he doesn't answer the question. Um, We learned Michelle was a huge fan of Glee. Possibly the most cursed show ever. A lot of people have died from that show. And it's not a show from, like, the 70s. I have never watched a single episode of glee but after seeing this i'm like i don't think i I ever could first season i was like this isn't for me it kind of made me think that it's probably a lot like degrassi and i'm somebody who loves riverdale and watches riverdale and glee was too much for me i just but also like again secondhand embarrassment for this (laughs) poor girl like going through like she loves to use lines from that show and text messages like she just does not have an original thought in her brain so embarrassing for me she's a huge fan of leah michelle obviously before the accusations of racism and bullying and connected with her so much from the show that she's trying to replicate what happened to she's literally literally trying to be her which is fucking weird so, if you don't know, Glee was a television show about a fictional high school choir and featured a couple played by Leah Michelle and Corey Monteith that also happened off screen. Yes, they dated in real he life. died in real life, and they also portrayed his death on the show. And Michelle is using lines from Leah Michelle from the show and also lines from real interviews she did. It's creepy. 
Yeah, like, it's describing the death of her boyfriend is oh, like when she's like talking about how like she felt like the luckiest girl. I'm just like, oh, yeah. gag. Like yeah. I have been big fan of things throughout my life but I've never like pushed them into my life to make it like a thing it's no. just like how can you plagiarize someone's grief yeah it's gross <laughs> like I uh the journalist also tells us about a relationship with a girl named Alice that Michelle had Michelle told other people about how in love she was with this girl and the journalist meets up with Alice who basically tells him Michelle's a sociopath and there was never a relationship. So now he has this weird sympathy for Michelle as this loner who fantasizes these relationships. Like, no, I that's don't, something don't you know. fucking go to counseling for. To me, it really feels like, again, she's just making shit up for attention. Oh, absolutely. And I definitely agree with Conrad's mom who says she's not well. <laughs> no. Uh, we get some quips from people around town on their beliefs. It's shocking how many people think what she did wasn't illegal. I, I don't get it. Oh, that one girl in like the little diner area or whatever, like behind the counter that she's yeah. like, but she she didn't commit a crime. It's like, bitch, she fucking did. Yeah. Like all these kids that are like being bullied into suicide. Like that's a fucking crime. It's shitty not to report when somebody is suicidal, but to tell someone to finish the job when they're backing out of it that's a fucking crime that like, how is it like, is oh manslaughter yeah so after two days of deliberation on june 16th 2017 the judge finds her guilty and on august 3rd she is sentenced to serve two and a half years with 15 months to be served in prison and giving five years of probation i liked how he said like up until the point where like he got out of the truck like it was him that was responsible yeah. or whatever but when she urged him to get back in yeah that, like that was on her and that was manslaughter oh, absolutely so she doesn't have to go to prison straight away i was so mad about that she files appeals and all that and after the appeals she begins well she's forced to begin her sentence on february 11th 2019 and due to good behavior she was released January 23rd, 2020. She didn't even serve a year. And she could have faced up to 20. I liked that one guy that was like, my wife and I have different opinions, of course, and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, um, his wife didn't think that like she committed a crime and he did or something, whatever. But then at the end, he was like, all I know is I wouldn't want to be your next boyfriend. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's true. So... I had some questions for this doctor who is like defending her. Like, this like fucking like intoxication got, or whatever. It feels like he's got a, his doctorate from like a diploma mill, but he also mentions how he brings up this case to strangers at an airport to get their take on it. And he'll be like, Did you know she didn't even text him? Don't bother strangers at the airport. <laughs> But also, don't fucking lie to them about your BS. Like, did you know she didn't even tell him to get back in the car? Blah, 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 blah. Or his whole, like, well, she also told people that he raped her. Like, if we're going to believe her word, like, are we not going to believe that as well? It's like, this bitch made up every fucking yes. thing that she possibly could to get attention. Do you not for one second think that, like, she also convinced it's her boyfriend to go to, ahead? Like, yeah. 
for attention like no she made up this bullshit about fucking like him raping her or whatever so that she could get attention for that and like she oh my god i just like it made me so mad it made me so mad but don't bother strangers at the airport like that and the gynecologist you don't bother people and don't lie to them (laughs) did you know that she never actually said in text messages to get back in the car it's like okay okay that doesn't mean she didn't tell him over the phone or like convince him repeatedly how to kill himself like swallow bleach yeah take Tylenol the defense and this doctor are like it's amazing she was found guilty when there's no recording of her actually telling him to get in the truck and I didn't read over the entire court transcript but why wouldn't their defense be she made this whole thing up for pretension like, you could easily say, no, she she texted that girl that, but she never told him. He just happened to do it. She was begging him not to do it. That's why they kept calling each other. Despite like, all the texts where she was saying to do it, when it came down to the last second and she was on the phone with him, like, which are we supposed to believe? That she told him, don't do it, don't do it. I love you and, like, it'll no, get better. I mean, or any sort of defense instead of, no, this wasn't a crime. <laughs> Wow. they're like that's she, your defense she did it but it's not a crime yes like just lie and say it was on the phone it wasn't recorded you could easily say oh no that text she sent the girl was just for attention she never told she him just, to it, get yeah back in. it was like survivor's guilt like god so yeah i just i mean it doesn't line up it wouldn't have lined up with her actions afterwards but or like her text messages beforehand or any of that like yeah that's the end of this documentary there's a lifetime movie entitled conrad michelle if words could kill a dateline episode titled you want to take a guess it's reckless that's she's reckless she's pretty fucking reckless and on march 29th the girl from plainville series will premiere on hulu starring podcast favorite Elle fanning as michelle I do love Elle Fanning. <laughs> we love Elle Fanning. Watch The Great, which can also be found on Hulu. Such a great show. <laughs> but also, like, fuck Michelle. Yes. I love that Elle Fanning had to put, like, a prosthetic to get the forehead right. <laughs> it is creepy how much she looks like her with all the makeup and stuff. Oh, yeah. No, it's... it's yeah. It's crazy. Well, yeah, that's the end of this week. And I think that Heather and I both can agree that this bitch committed a crime. Oh, and that if you come to a point where you know someone is in a bad place and they are contemplating suicide, like... Fucking tell someone. It is your responsibility My to God. tell someone. Like, you could be saving someone's life. And if you don't, then you're fucking sick. So thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk To Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at talktomepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at talktomepod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.